Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the I'm Just Being Honest podcast. Today we're talking about the the topic, the idea of around the question of can I lose my salvation? You know, you get suppose you know, you get saved in Christ, can I lose my salvation? Is there ever a time whenever my salvation uh goes away? I I choose to, you know, to walk away from the faith and I was saved at one point, but now, you know, I'm going to leave and now you know, I'm not, you know, is there a way, you know, can a person lose their salvation or are they always saved no matter what happens in their life? How, how does that work? It's a, it's a, it's a good question. It's something that, you know, um, we think a lot about in the Christian life just because of uh, different things that can happen. And so let's just dive right into it the way we always do it, scripture, and then we'll just go from there. Okay. So when it comes to the idea of can I lose my salvation, there are multiple passages throughout Scripture that we could look at and we could, you know, talk about. Um, here are just a couple of, of uh, samples and ideas. So let's just start out with uh, Hebrews 6, uh, verses 4 through 6. And it says, For it is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, and have shared in the Holy Spirit, and have tasted the goodness of the Word of God and the powers of the age to come, and then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance, since they are crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm and holding Him up to contempt. Okay. Romans eight thirty-eight and 39 says, For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Okay, Philippians 1.6. And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Okay. And then now let's look at um, Matthew 7, verses 21 to 23, which says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. And then finally, let's look at 1 John 2.19, which says, They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out, that it might become plain that they all are not of us. Okay. So let's just kind of break this down. So, you know, if, if one believes in the idea of, of, of once saved, always saved, that's kind of the, the, the phrase that we, we use when it comes to salvation. Once saved, always saved. That's kind of like the go-to phrase that we use. You know, if we say that, basically what we're meaning is, is that a person, you know, believes that no matter what happens to them, they will be saved forever. A person cannot lose their salvation. They, once, the, once they become saved... They are saved for life. It, it can never go away. Nothing can ever take it away. That, that, that's basically the idea of once saved, always saved. And if a person does not believe in once saved, always saved, basically that would mean then that they believe that a person can become saved and then at some point uh, lose their salvation by walking away or you know not wanting to be a Christian anymore, leaving the church, whatever, and they lose it. Um, people who also kind of... Uh, 
who believe this way believe that not only can a person lose their salvation, but they can gain it back again. So like, for example, that person that walked away, years later they can come back and regain it. So it's almost like this idea of kind of uh, uh, back and forth, like you can be saved or you can't be saved. It's just, or, you, or you're not, either you are or you're not, you know, I might be saved for three years and go to church for three years, but then I might walk away for three years and not be a Christian. And, you know, then I'm, I've lost my salvation, but then maybe five years later I might come back again. You know, it's, it's almost like this back and forth kind of, uh, potentially kind of way of thinking. I mean, it could just be that a person walks away and, you know, comes back and that's it. Or it could be that a person walks away and never comes back. You know, it just depends on what, you know, a person, um, you know, it just depends on what a person personally believes or what may happen, um, whatever. That's just that's just basically the idea of if you don't believe once saved, always saved, what's the alternative? And that's basically the idea of the um, alternative um, view. So, you know, when we look at these passages, you know, really the, the interpretation that, you know, I kind of get from these passages, in particularly like 1 John 2.19, like they went out from us, but they weren't of us. Or, you know, like you look at uh, Romans, you know, nothing in all creation will ever will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Um, you know, the, these ideas kind of sound to me like, at least, in my opinion, if I'm being honest and just giving my personal view, it sounds to me like what these um, verses are saying is the idea of, you know, if a person is truly saved, they can't lose their salvation. Nothing's going to take it away from them. They're not going to walk away. If a person is saved in Christ, then they will be for all of eternity. But then that kind of brings, you know, almost the question of, you know, because we, we do, we see people in our lives that they come to church or we meet them in a Bible study or something and, you know, we, we, we see them and they have this relationship with God and, you know, we think that they're just as close to God, if not closer to God, maybe than we are. But yet, you know, sometimes we see these people walk away. They, um, you know, they make the, uh, either they, you know, personally just have a change in beliefs or something happens and they just, they walk away from the faith and they no longer want to be a Christian anymore. And they say, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm done. You know, I'm, I'm leaving the church. I'm not doing this anymore. I don't believe this way anymore. Uh, whatever. And so, you know, it, it's kind of odd to me to think that you would look at people who potentially, you know, you may have thought were closer to Christ or had a good relationship with God, all of a sudden walk away. And then think that, well, they were never saved to begin with. How could they have never been saved to begin with? You know, if, if we maintain this view of once saved, always saved, then that would mean that if a person walked away from the faith, no matter how close to God they may have appeared to be, it would mean that they were never saved to begin with. That entire time that you knew them and that you thought that they were close to God, it, they never were. It wasn't, it wasn't genuine. It wasn't true. And the idea of that is 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 it's it's hard for me personally to accept, and it's honestly kind of scary. <laughs> like I don't know you know how you may feel about that, but for me it's a little scary and it's a little hard to accept because, like in my personal experience, you know I have known of people who have, you know, been a Christian longer than I have, or you know who I thought had a closer relationship to God than I did. Like I would see you know their faith in action or what I thought was their faith in action, or I'd hear them pray. 
or I would hear them, you know, speak about the Christian life, and I would really think that, man, this person is close to God. Like, man, I kind of, like, I would get the impression that, man, maybe they might be closer to God than I am. Like, man, I might need to be more like them because, man, they, it sounds like they've got something maybe I'm lacking in. You know, like, you, you see these people, and then whenever they walk away, it's like, what? <laughs> Like you're like what what how like how they they walked away they they they're not they they don't believe anymore and it's like oh my you know it's it's hard to believe because you thought they were you know so close to God and so it's hard to accept the potential that they may have never been saved and it's also scary because you think to yourself like man if this person was so close to God and walked away or I th- or if I thought this person was so close to God and walked away then what's going to become of me. <laughs> Like you, you, you almost worried like, oh my, like, am I going to walk away? Like, am I going to get to a point where I'm, you know, I do like this person or this couple or this group or whatever does and just kind of walks away. Like it almost kind of, it's, it's sobering. It really is. It it definitely, it's like a reality check. It really makes you think um, about things. Um, So, you know, it can, it can, you know, it, it basically, it really makes you, um, also ask the question of how can this happen? Like, how can a person who I thought was this close to God or whatever walk away and just potentially just prove that they were never saved to begin with? Like, how how does that happen? And you know, when you when you think about it, um, when you think about the Christian life, when you think about things that happen just in life in general, there are a lot of things. Um, that can lead to a person walking away. And so that's kind of what I want to talk about right now is what are the things that can lead to a person just completely saying, okay, I'm done with this. Like I'm I'm walking away from the Christian faith. You know, I've had a relationship with God, or at least I thought I did for so many years, but you know, I'm done. You know, what, what leads to that? What, what, um, how can that happen? And you know, there are multiple things that can happen, um, in life and you know, everybody's different. Everybody goes through different things. It may not be just one thing that happens. It could be multiple things that happen at one time. Um, but, you know, here are just a couple of ideas of things that can happen that can really alter um, whether or not a person remains in the faith. Uh, and here are, here's a couple of them. Um, a really telling one a lot of times is the death of a loved one. I mean, it could be the loss of a parent, it could be the loss of a child, the loss of a spouse. You know, there are many people who they walk away from the faith because, you know, they've encountered the, a, a loss that's so central and so um, close to them, or it could be that the loss was was really horrific and uh, there was a lot of suffering, or it was just really just, ter- just awful in terms of um, how this life came to an end. Um, that a person can't reconcile how God would allow this, or how God could, you know, how how is God so loving and so good, but yet, you know, my loved one just died of cancer and suffered for seven or eight years. Why would God let my loved one suffer? Or, you know, why would God allow um, my husband to die in a car accident? You know, why why would God allow that? If God's so good, why would why would He let that happen? And so a lot of people they can't they can never make a reconciliation when when something like this 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 whenever this uh moment of tragedy happens it's so horrific and it's so impactful and they just don't know what to they they can't reconcile it and so they 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 decide that they 
Um, they walk away. They want to walk away. You know, they, they question why God allowed this. And, you know, they no longer see God as a loving God or as a good God or as whatever. They, you know, and they, they walk away. They just say, you know what? I, I can't do this. I, I'm not going to worship a God who just let this happen and I'm out. That, that, that is potentially a reason why people walk away from the faith. Um, another uh, potential possibility could be suffering and trials, tribulations, hard moments in life. Um, you know, nobody's exempt from going through hard times. It, it happens. It's in Scripture. Believers went through hard times. Um, you know, life's not always going to be uh, sunshine and roses. Um, but, you know, there are people that, you know, whenever they go through these hard moments, you know, trials and tribulations and suffering, um, they cannot, you know, they endure so much that they cannot reconcile their faith um, with their suffering, and they walk away. Like, you know, and when we think about suffering, what I'm, like, just possible ideas that I'm meaning is, is, you know, it could be um, disease. You know, why why has God allowed me to suffer with this disease for so many years? It could be mistreatment from other people. Um, you know, why... Why, why is God allowing these people to, to continually, you know, be, be you know, uh, mistreat me and be rude to me, be rude to my family, um, or maybe even more um, deeper than that? But, you know, losing a job, you know, why, why, have I, why have I lost this job? Why can I not find another job? That could be um, potential loss or suffering. Uh, losing financials, you know, you, you could potentially lose everything you have financially, um, due to an event or um, medical emergency, whatever. And so, you know, this, this, this kind of one or, or multiple events can be just so traumatic, like death, that a person cannot reconcile how God is loving and good. And so, therefore, they walk away. They just say, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm out. And they walk away. Okay, um, a third potential possibility um, the, the it could be the separation of a significant contributor to a person's faith. Um, this could be that a person who um, supposedly was saved is no longer um, friends with, you know, the person that brought them to church, or it could be that the pastor that led that person to Christ leaves, and the person doesn't want to continue their faith anymore because that person is no longer with them. Um, it could be, you know, the ending of a relationship, like, you know, you went to church and got saved because you were doing it with your boyfriend or with your girlfriend, and whenever you break up, um, you know, you, you walk away, you know, you don't want to do this anymore. It's this idea of if you have a person that is with you, and they um, no longer are with you anymore, you know, the relationships in, friendships in, pastor leaves, whatever, you just, you don't continue because, you know, a lot of your faith was kind of originally founded and based on that relationship with that person. So because you don't have that person in your life anymore and they're gone, that foundation basically crumbles because they were at the, they were part of a major source of that foundation. So they, so once they leave, you don't see the point maybe in being Christian anymore. So you walk away. Um, you know, it can also be like, um, for example, um, you come to believe something different. Um, it could be that you come to believe a certain um, belief system or um, 
whether it be of a different religion or whether it be of a different um, cultural idea or political idea or whatever. It could be that you, you know, you uh, come to believe a certain way that is different from the church or different from the Bible or whatever, and you just say to yourself, you know, I think that the Bible or I think that the church or I think that these Christians or this pastor or these whatever, these people are wrong, and this over here on this other end, whether it be another religion, another ideology, um, whatever, uh, this other thing over here is right, and so therefore I'm not. I'm going to leave the faith because this other thing. I'm going to accept this other thing as truth, and not the Christian faith that I had previously held. That could potentially be a, a fourth reason. Yeah, the, and and the list could go on and on. It really, it really could. There are um, a lot of reasons why people leave the faith. Uh, but the, I think those four really um, encapsulate a lot of the reasons why people do leave. And so, you know, I think I think if we really think about it, we could probably think of somebody who's walked away from the faith um, for one of those potential reasons or scenarios. Um, and so, you know, that, that brings a lot of questions into mind. Um, and but the question that kind of comes to my mind when we when I go through these scenarios and we talk about the, these potential reasons why people walk away, um, you know, the the question that comes to my mind is: is our churches and our Christians, our uh, pastors, church leaders, ministry leaders, are we preparing believers to handle these major events? You know, I just listed four, and my question is: are we preparing people? That whenever uh, those things happen, are we preparing those people to uh, know how to handle them? And I'm not saying that there aren't churches and that there aren't um, pastors or believers or leaders who don't. I believe that there definitely are people who do prepare um, congregants. You know, there are people who prepare um, other believers for these moments. Um, however, I think that there are a lot of potential churches and, and pastors and ministry leaders and congregants or what, whatever you want to say, I think there's also a lot of people that aren't. You know, there, you know, are we, I think there are, there are a lot of people who may not be teaching and preparing pe- um, people to handle things like suffering and death and loss and um, how to, how to, uh, take in new ideals or ideologies, how to wrestle with those in light of one's faith. I don't know that there are, um, I mean, I, I think that there might be some people that don't prepare believers for that, or they don't prepare people who come to faith um, for those moments. And so therefore, whenever these major events happen in life, these people who you know made a profession of faith don't know what to do because they weren't taught what to do, and so they walk away. And then also, you almost wonder, you know, if, you know, our believers and our church leaders, whenever people are going through these major events in life, you know, are we as mature Christians, are we as leaders, are we as whatever, are we walking with those people through those hard times? Are we present with them whenever they're going through the loss of a loved one, uh, the loss of a job, whenever they're learning things 
potentially in school that's counter culture that's counter to what they learned in church um are we preparing are we teaching are we be are we present are do we are we even aware that's going on are we even do we have a relationship with these people to the point that we even know are we walking with them do they know that we're there for them that we care about them and that we want to uh be a, a, a source of, of comfort or a source that they can go to whenever these things are happening. Um, and I, like I said, I think that there are people that are. So I want to make sure that I, I recognize that. I, I do believe that there are ministry leaders that are there. I do believe that there are mature, older Christians who are there. I believe that there are people that are in place that are there. However, I also believe that there are people, there are leaders, there are mature Christians, there are people that aren't there. I think that there are people who kind of, you know, they get you saved. <laughs> they get somebody to, to pray a prayer and get them baptized, but then they move on from them. They don't teach them anything, really. They just teach them how to pray the sinner's prayer, and they teach them that they need to uh, view Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and that's it. You know, they might dunk you in, a, in some water in a creek or in a, in a baptismal pool or somebody's swimming pool, then they just move on. They don't teach you anything about the Christian life. They don't prepare you for suffering. They don't even tell you that suffering happens. It could be that it could be that you know, it might be some leaders who you know, if you give a a, a large enough donation, that you won't suffer. That that definitely uh, unfortunately occurs in the church today. There are some people who preach that message, um, but are we? You know, what are we doing? You know, are we uh, are we there? Are we present? You know, or are we just kind of you know getting them to pray this prayer and then we move on and just try to do that to the next person? And you know, we we might get these high numbers and we might say, oh man, I got I got you know three hundred people saved. I got three hundred people to pray that prayer and get baptized. But are we discipling them? Are we teaching them the lifestyle? Are we are we preparing them for when major events happen in life to know how to uh, to know how their faith can be a source of help and comfort rather than a source of confusion and anger. Are we preparing people for that? And I think that there are some that don't. Um, and because we don't, or because there are people that don't continue being present or continue teaching them about these things, whenever these hard times come, these people are confused and they don't know what to do, and they don't know how to reconcile what's going on in their life to their faith, so they walk away because they think that that's the, the, the best option. They think that that is the only thing that really makes sense. They don't know how the Christian faith makes sense in life of what's going on because nobody ever taught them how it could even potentially, how the Christian faith could even potentially um, be a source of help or comfort or or wisdom for them during a hard time or a hard moment. They have no idea because nobody ever taught them that. All anybody ever taught them was how to pray and how to recite the sinner's prayer. And so, you know, my, my challenge, because <laughs> this is definitely going away from the idea of once saved, always saved, and I know that it is, but we need to understand why people even would consider walking away first before we even really focus on whether or not a person is saved forever or not. We need to understand why people are walking away and we need to make sure that we try our best as, as Christians, as leaders, as whatever we are, um, 
maybe mature believers, maybe we're involved in a leadership position, whatever. Um, we need to make sure that, you know, we're present in people's lives so that, and, and that we're teaching, we're, we're, we're equipping, you know, we're, 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 we're teaching people how to continue and learn and grow in their faith so that way whenever these hard times and these hard moments do come, they know better how to handle the situation because of what they've learned in their faith. Because they know what Scripture teaches. I mean, you know, it could be that if a person um, has learned about a particular um, biblical uh, figure um, or uh, a, a, a book a potentially biblical book, it could be that, you know, by learning something, whenever a person, whenever a believer goes through a hard time, they remember what they've learned and they think, oh, wait, I'm not alone in this. Paul went through something similar. Peter went through something similar. Jesus went through something similar. The list goes on and on and on. They can connect what's going on with their life to something that's in Scripture or to a... Uh, uh, a biblical figure, whatever, they can make those connections. And it's not to say that it makes the hard time go away or that it makes everything better, but they at least can can have a sense of, okay, I'm not alone. Okay, somebody else has been there. Okay, um, this is how this person handled it. Okay, you know, like it's just this idea of making connections and it isn't to say that this solves a person's situation. It isn't to say that it necessarily makes them feel better. But at least it gives them a little bit of, of comfort, a little bit of reconciliation, um, whatever, that helps them know that you know they're not alone. Like whenever I have suffered in my own life, and whenever I think about either biblical figures who have suffered or the fact that the Bible has talked about suffering, it brings me comfort, not in that it fixes my situation, but in that I know I'm not alone and that I know that there are other people in the past who have suffered too, who have went through hard times too. I'm not by myself in this. And so, you know, through that, it helps me to look at my tough situation and say, you know what, like, you know, the, the thought that comes to my mind isn't, okay, I'm going to walk away from the faith now because things are getting bad. My thought is, is, man, I'm glad I have my faith as a source of comfort. Like, it doesn't solve my situation, but at least I have this idea of knowing that, um, you know, somebody else has been there or somebody else has went through something similar that God, you know, could, could potentially understand what I'm going through. You know, like, that, that, that that's important. And I don't know that people... A lot of people in the Christian life today know that because there are a lot of people who just preach the sinner's prayer and get baptized, and that's it. And they don't teach them about the Christian life and about how to um, go through harder times or harder moments in life and, and, and so on and so forth. Um, so I, I want to make sure that I, I went there with that. Um, however, we do need to recognize, and kind of transitioning now, but kind of, we do need to recognize that, you know, no matter how present we can be in somebody's life, um, no matter how much of a source of comfort or care or uh, help, whatever, 
you know, there's still a possibility that that person will walk away. And if they do, it's not our fault, okay? Like, don't feel like if, if you've been there for somebody and you've tried your best to, to be a source of help, a source of uh, comfort, um, you know, whatever in somebody's life, especially during a harder moment or during um, whatever may be going on in their life, and then they walk away, but you've been involved, don't feel like, well, I didn't try hard enough, I should have done this and this, or I didn't, you know, whatever. No, don't feel that way. Like, it's it's not, you know, if you've been there, don't blame yourself or beat yourself up about it. Ultimately, it's a decision that that person made. It's not something that you did, you know? So don't beat yourself up and feel like, oh, I didn't try hard enough. No, that no. If you were there, don't 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 beat yourself up about it. Like you have to recognize people make their own decisions. Okay? So we have to just recognize that sometimes we can do everything for a person and they still walk away. They still decide that they don't want to be a believer. That this isn't the life for them. It's gonna happen. And so whenever it does happen, don't feel like it's your fault. Because I mean, we have to think about the whole idea of the of um, you know the fact that uh, Judas walked away from Jesus. Judas had the greatest source of a friend, greatest source of a teacher, greatest source of whatever a person can have when going through anything in life. Everything that Judas went through, Jesus was there. And you know Jesus was the greatest friend, the greatest lover uh, in terms of um, friendship, the greatest uh, source of care. Jesus was the greatest. You know, Jesus could show a, a perfect sense of friendship and care for another person that none of us can because we're not perfect people. But Jesus was. And even though Jesus was perfect, Judas still walked away. And that's not Jesus' fault. <laughs> It's not Jesus' fault that Judas betrayed him. That's Judas' fault. Like That's Judas's decision. <laughs> Judas made that decision, okay? And so we have to recognize that we can do everything for people, and they still might walk away from the faith, okay? And I find it interesting that, you know, and I, this is definitely going to take things off topic for a minute, but i got to do it because it's almost Easter and I keep seeing posts on Facebook from people who, who share this whole Judas 8-2 thing. I don't understand it. Honestly, whenever I read it, it frustrates me. <laughs> because, um, you know, <laughs> people try to say that, you know, and they bring up how much Jesus cared and loved Judas and, and was there for Judas. But then they want to make it about themselves and kind of bring it to themselves and talk about how they're just like Judas, and that, you know, they're thankful that, you know, uh, Jesus has loved them the way that Jesus may have loved Judas or whatever. And I, I really want to make sure that I talk about that because it really infuriates me because, yes, Judas was, yes, Jesus loved Judas and Jesus was a friend to Judas. But as believers, we should not try to patronize Judas and act like Judas is somebody that we need to be similar to or try to compare ourselves to. I mean, at the end of the day, and I, I mean, you know, there's there, there's a big question mark on whether or not Judas was saved. I feel like I look at Judas, and I, f I almost wonder if Judas may not be the the greatest example of somebody who can be in the faith and come across as somebody who's in the faith, but then somebody who walks away and shows that they were never in the faith to begin with. 
Like, I almost wonder if Judas isn't the greatest example of 1 John 2.19 that says, you know, like, and I've said it before, but I'm going to say it again. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might become plain that, that they all are not of us. Judas didn't continue with Jesus, okay? Judas left. Judas went out. <laughs> and I, to me, it, to me at least, in my, if I'm being honest, it becomes plain to me that Judas was never um, ever of them to begin with. And like, I personally don't think Judas was saved. So I don't, you know, I mean, I could be wrong. So I don't want to say like, that's the gospel truth because it may not, you know, I don't, this is, <laughs> if I'm just being honest, this is one person's opinion. Okay, but I look at Judas and I say to myself, that might just be the greatest example we have of somebody who's in the faith, supposedly in the faith, and walks away and just proves that they ever were in it to begin with. Judas had the greatest source of comfort and of friendship and of um, love that anybody could ever have, and yet Judas still walked away. And, you know, that that was Judas' decision. But all that to say that, you know, we can be deceived by people. People can be in the faith and walk away. And it can come. I mean, Judas was a disciple <laughs> and still walked away. <laughs> like, there are people that can be, that can have, uh, come across as having a really close relationship to God, but then walk away and disprove that they were ever uh, a Christian to begin with. It definitely can happen. I feel like Judas might be the greatest example. And I don't want to say that to say that people, you know, who walk away from the faith and who disprove that they're saved are terrible people. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to say that, you know, people, you know, that this can happen. And it isn't to say these people are bad people or whatever. It's just to say that people can still walk away even if they come across as, to, uh, um, as having a close faith with God. They can walk away and show that it never was to begin with. They never had it to begin with. I mean, you know, the the telltale sign that a person is truly saved is the fact that they continue. They don't give up. They don't leave the faith, basically. Um, And so, you know, whenever people walk away, we know, okay, that didn't, they weren't saved to begin with. Um, And I kind of want to bring that back and kind of just because I think there is also a question in regard to this issue because we see people who walk away from the faith and then like the, they were in the faith supposedly, then they walk away and then all of a sudden they come back. And so we say to themselves, well, well, they had to have been saved to begin with because look, now they're back. And the question that I want to pose to that before we, before we conclude this episode, what I want to kind of um, contemplate about with that, that question specifically is, was the person originally saved to start with? Or was it that the person wasn't saved, left the faith, and then came back and actually became saved? Because I can tell you in my own experience, that's kind of similar to what happened to me. Like I, got, like, I got baptized and prayed the sinner's prayer at 10. And so people would have said then, Adam's saved. You know, he, you know, 10 years old, he prayed the sinner's prayer, and he got baptized, so he's saved. But do I think that I was actually saved then, looking back on it? No. Why? Because I didn't live a lifestyle that reflected the Christian faith. I didn't have a relationship with Jesus moving forward that reflected that of being a Christian. 
I just said the things that I was supposed to say and then just moved on and thought, okay, I'm good. I'm good now. I'm going to heaven. I'm good. But then whenever I got to be about age 15 or 16, I ended up learning that the Christian faith was a whole lot different than I'd ever learned in church. And that it was a completely way, it was way different than I had thought. And that it was actually this idea of being in relationship with Christ, being in a relationship with God and living out this, this lifestyle that wouldn't always be easy, but it would be a lifestyle that would bring you the most sense of joy and satisfaction and happiness. Maybe not worldly satisfaction and happiness, but inner satisfaction and happiness, if that makes sense. And so that was, at that moment to me, is I believe the moment whenever I truly became a Christian at 16. Whenever I said, you know, this is, this is what I want. I want to have this lifestyle. I want to be in this relationship with Christ. I want to have this. And so I look at, you know, what happened to me at 10, and I say to myself, I wasn't saved then. And I think there's a lot of people that fits that description. There are a lot of people who pray the sinner's prayer and were baptized, but they didn't understand anything about the Christian faith and were not, they weren't saved because nothing that proceeded from that even remotely reflected a genuine transformation or relationship with Christ. But because they said the prayer, because we got them to pray this prayer and get baptized, we think that they're saved and they're good to go, even though we didn't do anything to teach them or to prepare them for the Christian life. We think that because they did those two things, that they're good to go. And a lot of those people, you know, they have that ideology of, oh, all I got to do is pray the prayer and get baptized. And, you know, they go through hard times, then they walk away because they weren't ever really saved to begin with because they didn't know anything about the Christian life and they nothing ever proceeded from that um, decision that reflected being a Christian. You know, their life didn't change. They didn't have this relationship with Christ. They just did those two things, thought they were going to heaven and, you know, went back to life as normal. And so, you know, whenever those people, when and if a lot of those people come back, it isn't a question of, you know, well, did they just lose their salvation and get it back again? No. I think the, the, the thing we need to think about is, is maybe they just finally got saved for the first time. Maybe we just didn't prepare them and actually teach them what salvation really was the first time around. And now, this time around, they actually know what it is and they want it. And so maybe they're actually becoming saved for the first time. But we didn't know because we thought that all salvation was was a prayer and a baptismal. And so really what this, you know, once saved, always saved, this whole thing to me kind of brings into question is, is how are we teaching salvation to people and how are we preparing people for the Christian life? Because a lot of times these people that, that, that leave the faith, it's because all they were taught was a prayer and a baptismal, and that's it. And so they're, they're, they're probably not saved because, uh, I mean, not to say that people can't be saved through those means and that they don't develop a relationship with Christ moving on from that. Some people do. But a lot of people don't because they don't know that they're even supposed to. They just think, okay, I, I prayed the prayer, got baptized, I'm going to heaven, I'm good. And that's it. And there's no relationship that, that, that comes from it. And therefore, whenever hard times come, they leave the faith. And they weren't saved to begin with because they weren't taught. And so what salvation actually meant and what the Christian life actually meant. And that's not necessarily the case with everybody. But I feel like in my experience, that's been the thing that I've saw a lot of. Or I've seen it happen at different points. So I know that that's, you know, this is probably a more longer-winded podcast. But, um, you know, this is a subject and an issue that 
kind of triggers me just because of my own experience. You know, I, I, I look back at my life and see how being taught to just pray the sinner's prayer and get baptized was actually really bad and how not being taught the relational aspect of the Christian life and the lifestyle of, a, of the Christian life, not being taught how to live, um, was, was bad and could have really led me down a, a bad path had you know I not have been, if God hadn't have placed a Bible study in my life that taught me how to be a Christian and helped me see that the Christian life was much different than I had been taught originally. And so that was why, you know, I decided that that was what I wanted. But a lot of people don't know that they want the Christian life because they don't know what the Christian life is because they've never been taught it. They've just been taught, repeat the prayer after me and get baptized and you're good. And so I know that this kind of strays away from once saved, always saved. Um, Because, I mean, which really it's because I think, in my opinion, at least, I think the answer is really simple. Yes, if you are once saved, always saved, I think that's what I believe in. Um, and I think that's just because that's what I see from, from Scripture. That's just my personal opinion. That's just my interpretations from what I get from Scripture is that, you know, if a person has truly tasted the goodness of God and if a person has truly um, hungered for a relationship with God, they're not going to walk away from it. And the people that do walk away from it weren't saved to begin with, most likely, because most likely they never experienced and never really tasted and understood the goodness of God. Because at least in a lot of times, it's because they probably weren't taught how. They probably weren't taught about how good God is. They were probably just taught, hey, if you pray this prayer, you'll go to heaven. And that was it. And that's just not that's just not good enough um, from Christians or pastoral leaders or whatever. There is so much more to the Christian life than praying a prayer and getting baptized. And I hope through this message and through this podcast, maybe more than the idea of once saved, always saved, you 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 come away with the conclusion that maybe in my own Christian walk and Christian life, whenever I talk to others about Christ, maybe I need to make sure that instead of telling them to get uh, you know, say a prayer and get baptized, maybe I need to be teaching them a lifestyle and how to live as a believer and what that looks like. So I hope that's really what you take away from it. But um, thank you all again um, for listening. I know this was a little bit longer, but, you know, when when you get passionate about something and you got to unload it, you got to unload it. You know, you got to be careful, but just say what you need to say, I guess. Um, so thank you all for watching. Have a wonderful and blessed Easter, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye.